The Supreme Court agrees to review a lower federal court ruling that could curtail access to mifepristone, a key drug used in medication abortions. Massachusetts will remove stigmatizing mental health and prior drug use questions from its physician credentialing process. And Nemours will launch a pediatric hospital-at-home program in 2024. It's Thursday, December 14th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines and health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The U.S. Supreme Court announced Wednesday that it will review a lower court decision that could make a drug commonly used in medication abortions less accessible. The ongoing legal fight surrounds the status of mifepristone, which is used along with the drug misoprostol to terminate a pregnancy within the first 10 weeks, which includes both elective abortions and miscarriage management. The two-pill regimen is commonly referred to as the abortion pill. Mifepristone was first approved for this use in 2000 by the Food and Drug Administration, and at that time, the agency required that the drug be prescribed in person over three visits to a physician. However, the FDA relaxed that rule in 2016 and allowed patients to get prescriptions for mifepristone through telehealth appointments and through the mail. Medication abortions account for more than 50 percent of all abortions in the country. Since the spring, challenges to the FDA's approval authority for mifepristone have made their way through the federal court system. In April, Judge Matthew Kazmarek of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas signed an injunction directing the Food and Drug Administration to stay its approval of mifepristone while a lawsuit challenging its safety continued. That suit was brought by the Alliance Defending Freedom, which alleges that the FDA did not properly review the safety risks of mifepristone back when it approved the drug in 2000. The U.S. Supreme Court intervened in April and allowed the FDA's approval to stand as conflicting rulings from Kazmarek and a Washington state-based federal judge had been issued. Since then, the case has continued to make its way through the federal court system. Most recently, in August, a three-judge panel on the Fifth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans overturned part of that lower court ruling revoking the FDA's approval of mifepristone, but it did uphold other parts of that court's ruling that barred the use of the drug after 49 days into pregnancy and said that only physicians could prescribe it and only in person. Beyond challenges from anti-abortion groups to mifepristone, the Department of Justice, as well as the drug's manufacturer, Danco Laboratories, have also sued to keep the drug available. The Supreme Court did not set a date for arguments, but is expected to issue a decision by the end of its term in late June. Massachusetts is the first state in the nation where every hospital, health system, and health plan has agreed to remove questions regarding the mental health of physicians and other clinicians from their credentialing process. Currently, 26 state medical boards, including Massachusetts, California, Texas, and New York, have changed the language in their physician licensure applications. According to the Dr. Lorna Breen Heroes Foundation, the change has already benefited more than 673,000 physicians 
physicians. Another 11 state medical boards are currently in the process of making similar changes. However, Massachusetts-based healthcare organizations have gone beyond just the state medical board. On Monday, the Massachusetts Health and Hospital Association's Board of Trustees unanimously approved the removal of the language about mental health, saying that it was too broad, outdated, and overly invasive. The association worked in partnership with the Massachusetts Medical Society, the Massachusetts Association of Health Plans, as well as Blue Shield of Massachusetts, whose local health plans each have credentialing forms for clinicians. The Massachusetts Health and Hospital Association also pointed to recent reforms at the national level, including a move from the National Committee for Quality Assurance, or the NCQA, that no longer requires that health plans ask clinicians about their prior drug use. That modification will allow Massachusetts to update its common credentialing application, known as the Integrated Massachusetts Application, which will affect 38 hospitals in the Commonwealth that use that same form. Healthcare organizations, including the American Medical Association and the National Academy of Medicine, as well as the U.S. Surgeon General, have long advocated for these questions to be removed from the credentialing process, arguing that it prevents healthcare providers from accessing mental health support for fear of losing their livelihoods. The mental health of healthcare providers has been a top concern, notably during and following the COVID-19 pandemic, when the healthcare field saw high rates of burnout, depression, and anxiety among providers. An October report from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention detailed what the agency said were crisis levels of health worker burnout. Moreover, physicians die by suicide rates higher than the general population, and a 2022 survey found that one in 10 physicians said they'd thought about or attempted suicide. Nemours Children's Health will launch a hospital-at-home program for its pediatric patients in 2024, making it the first children's hospital in the country to do so. Modern Healthcare was the first to report on the story. According to Nemours Chief Innovation Officer Dr. Eric Jackson, the program will provide acute home-based care to pediatric patients within a 40-mile radius of the system's two hospital campuses. One is based in Wilmington, Delaware, and the other in Orlando, Florida. Similar to programs meant for adults, Nemours will provide in-person visits, remote patient monitoring, and telehealth to children with short-term illnesses, including respiratory syncytial virus, COVID-19, bronchitis, and the flu. Though Nemours could provide a roadmap for other children's hospitals interested in rolling out similar hospital-at-home programs, widespread success will boil down to how hospitals can be reimbursed for this kind of care. Currently, only seven states, including Massachusetts, Texas, and Oregon, allow Medicaid beneficiaries to receive hospital-level acute care at home. Jackson told Modern Healthcare that Nemours is currently lobbying for Medicaid and CHIP reimbursement for its program in Florida and Delaware, but is prepared to move ahead with it even without a guarantee of state payment. Jackson said that private health insurance and cost savings associated with home-based care could offset some of the system's financial losses.
This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at justhealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The Gist Healthcare podcast is an independent production of Gist Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.